Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent, and welcome to Success Calls. In this special Where Are They Now episode, we talk with Tim Reeder with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, the Good Life Group in Omaha, Council Bluffs, Nebraska. We first spoke with Tim back in 2015, and you can listen to his interview on success call number 116. Back then, Tim impressed us when he personally sold 103 homes by referral from a small list of 300 people, and with his team, sold 340 homes that year. A lot has changed in six years. Tim changed hats from team leader to brokerage leader. Tim now runs a multi-office brokerage based on his referral business philosophies. The company has 280 agents and six office locations. Last year, they sold 3,450 homes worth $892 million and generated $24 million in GCI. Let's catch up and learn about the transition and what's happening now. Welcome to the call, Tim. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, Tim, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Real excited to talk to you today. So let's do that. Let's talk about the transition. That's the focus for today, the transition from that team leader to brokerage leader. Uh, you know, many leaders, team leaders have considered the move, uh, but few have made it successful. And in 2015, just to give everybody that recap, uh, you ran a team of 18 people, including 11 full-time agents. Six years later, you're managing a team of 280 agents plus staff. So let's go back, though, for to that six years. Let's go six years back. Why did you want to transition from a team into a brokerage? Well, um, I'll start off by saying we actually grew even bigger by the time uh, after I did the call with you and before we uh, transitioned into a brokerage. We even got bigger. You know, when I ran the team, uh, it, it was called the Good Life Group. It was all about relationship marketing, um, calls, notes, face-to-face -face marketing to your sphere. And then you would create walking, talking billboards that would go out there and refer you, give incredible service, be a really good, kind, competent, positive person, and the business will come back. Um, I, however, at the same time, as a team leader, I never intended that team to get that big. It just kind of happened. And so and it, it snowballed. I mean, I had a really good mission. I, people liked me and it was I, my team became very attractive. So I was kind of maxed out. I couldn't do it anymore. I, my profit, I, I was not making money off the team because that was never my mission. My mission and purpose was to make money off of the sales age or off my own sales. So um Basically, I never was seeking to become a brokerage, but I met a couple, uh, a man and his assistant who had a small brokerage in our area. It was called Gold Coast Real Estate, and it was a high quality, very small brokerage, and they were becoming a Better Homes and Gardens franchise. And so, um, and it was very appealing to me. And they were trying to recruit my team. And uh, long story short, we went back, I went back to them and I said, I I'm ready but I don't want to be, I don't want to join you. I want to merge with you because we were so big. We had so much production. We had the system, we had the style, we had our own location. So, um, and, and Tom, my current business partner and Leslie, who's also one of our business partners, they're brilliant, brilliant people. 
So at the end of the day, I just got lucky and found the right people with the right mission that aligned with my team. And we were able to merge to become the, the good, the better homes and gardens, real estate, the good life group. And now Tom and Leslie do the bulk of the heavy lifting. Tom is our primary broker. I am also one of our brokers and I am our broker for our, Iowa, our state of Iowa. So I have a lot of agents that I, uh, I help. But I wanted to still sell houses. I love old homes. I love to sell old homes. So for me to partner with these people, become a co-broker owner, I'm just the cheerleader, the trainer, the, the got a minute person, but all Tom and Leslie deal with the real problems, to be honest. So I got the best of both worlds. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. <laughs> right. So that's fantastic. So you're going to be more of the, the front man and they work the back office. Is that kind of how you visualize it? Well, it, I wouldn't say it like that. I mean, the two of them definitely are front and center. Um, uh, but and, and Tom is phenomenal at the broker questions and the deals. I just work more like helping them with the training, helping with retention, helping with recruiting. I, I just do the fun stuff while I still get to sell. Very cool. Very cool. Let's do this. Um, I think some people be very curious about this merger process uh, if they bump into this or they're thinking about it for some reason. You had a team. There was a company that was already existing. It sounds like you merged. Did you merge before they become Better Homes and Gardens? How did that get put together? How long did it take? The agreements that were necessary? Give us some of that info. That's a good question. And it's actually, uh, there is more to that story. So um, they approached me uh, about becoming part of Better Homes and Gardens in soon after my call with you. We're talking October of 2015. Um, and I was seriously interested in it. Um, however, and they had not started the company yet. However, my mother was getting sick and I, and I could tell she was about to die. So I had to wait. And I just said, this is not a good time. So um, she did pass away a few months later. And then it, Tom and Leslie respectfully waited until the spring, they, I'm sorry, to come back after me. They started the company. They called it Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Integrity. And uh, they, they did good. They got off the ground. They started recruiting people and uh, they started making a name for themselves. So in the spring of the next year, after all the dust had settled and my mother was gone and all that was over, uh, they came in another pitch at it. And this time I was said I would be more interested as a merger than a than a than uh, anything else. So I did basically give up my Good Life Group name to the brokerage. Um, financially, everything that went with it, we changed the name of the brokerage um, and the rest was history. Cool. And, and, and you don't have to answer any of my questions, as you know, but I am curious, uh, how did you structure this as far as do you own a percentage of the company? If so, how much? Do you have three partners? Are there other people involved? That is a good question. And I'd rather not talk about the percentages, um, but uh, just because it's not public. Uh, but yes, I own a, a large percentage of the company, as does Tom and Leslie. And then we do have a few of our newer our agents that helped us get off the ground that own a very small piece of that puzzle. Love that good. Way. And um, just another side note, just while I'm thinking about it, are there, if there are ever any disagreements, how do you get past them when you have multiple owners like that? I mean, there are people you know. listening to us that they, they want to do everything. They're the driver. 
and they're wondering, how do I get along with all these other people when their big decisions come up and there's conflict? That's a good question. Well, first of all, there really hasn't been that much conflict. I mean, we we were like-minded people that came together by being kind, competent, and positive people and having a good energy. Tom, my business partner, is brilliant. He's very easygoing. We have very similar temperaments. Um, we've never had a disagreement, to be honest. Um, and Leslie, I, I didn't tell you, Leslie is a director of operations or a COO at this point, um, and she is truly the backbone. Anything real that happens in this company, it's Leslie. Um, but we've never had any major disagreements or, 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 or issues. Now, at the end of the day, Tom is our primary broker. So if there was one, he'll make the decision. And I like it, I like it that way. I don't want, I don't want his problems. Right. Very good. All right. So let's uh, let's keep moving forward. And again, some of these you may have already answered, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, you picked a franchise. Was there any discussion about whether you should stay independent or go franchise? And if so, which one? And how did that discussion go? No, the franchise came to us. Um, really, uh, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, which I find to be an absolutely incredible, beautiful lifestyle brand. Um, they were doing their recruiting and they had to, they came to Gold Coast Real Estate as they were and approached them. Um, and they had a good value proposition. And they the, 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 the recruiters, if you will, knew that the value of Better Homes and Gardens real estate with a small boutique franchise like Gold Coast Real Estate um, would really, really take off. Um, so know that they and I weren't looking for a franchise. It came to us and they pro proved the model to us. And I will tell you, I mean, I know this is not about Better Homes and Gardens, but it, their model is incredible. Their their value proposition is incredible. Me, my whole relationship marketing theme and style was blended beautifully with Better Homes and Gardens real estate. And we leverage that very aggressively in all of our marketing. It's a lifestyle brand and so is working by relationship. It's all your life, lifestyle. Well, I, I do want to ask about that there. I'm sure there are people listening to us and they're curious when you say that this was a good merger uh, what was the value proposition? You mentioned the Better Homes and Gardens. What was it specifically? How did it match with you other than just saying lifestyle and referral based? Give us a little more detail, a little more meat. I think the best way to describe that is when, I, when we talk about working by referral and working by relationship, we just mean being nice, good, kind people, helping people when they need it, even if you don't get paid, doing what's right for other people. Um, and, and if you give extraordinary customer service, you create walking, talking billboards that will go out and refer you. Now, in order to do that, in order to stay front of mind and stay in, in constant contact with your clients, it's nice to have a brokerage marketing structure that works well within that. So like for Better Homes and Gardens, we have the magazine. We, we pop by and give people the magazine. We have, you know, millions of different, or sorry, hundreds of thousands of different Better Homes and Gardens products that we can go buy and give them as little gifts. Better Homes and Gardens, the brand, is a brand that one out of every five people see in their home at any moment. It is out there marketing for us without me even trying. Now that's Better Homes and Gardens, the brand. We're Better Homes and Gardens real estate. We're different, but there's a relationship. Um, anyway, so the brand of Better Homes and Gardens, it, 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 it flowed beautifully with us getting into people's homes and being part of their day-to-day -day life. Uh, very good. I, I want to ask a question uh, about you personally. Uh, how, are you still selling? Are you still in production? Yes. So and then, uh, like I had said, that was one of the reasons I wanted to give up being a team leader is because it was just so much work. And at the end of the day, I like to sell houses. 
I like to sell houses. It's fun. It's where my heart is. It's where the money is. I like to sell houses. So I, and also I've always specialized in old and historic homes. That's been my shtick. And when I ran the Good Life Group as a team, I didn't run with that as hard as I wanted to because I didn't want to pigeonhole all my agents as being old house people. So once we became a brokerage, I was able to then start marketing myself as an old home expert directly. Well, it wasn't within just a few months I realized I needed a team again, that I actually had a team <laughs> for a reason. Uh, you know, because when I get when I turned my when I merged my team to the company, I merged my staff, I merged my office. Um, I merged everything. So it was soon after I realized I needed another assistant that was just dedicated for me. I needed um, uh, a buyer's agent again. And so very quickly, I started a team again. Again, it wasn't my mission. It just kind of happened. So I do run a team as well. It's called Old Omaha Vintage Real Estate. And I have a team of eight. Um, Three of them are staff. Five of us are sales agents. And we just specialize in marketing old and historic homes. And I'm proud to say that I am one of the leading realtors in Omaha while doing it part-time. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, give us some production numbers now that you are running this new, more niched team. Oh, you son of a gun. You're going to give me a second because uh, I didn't. I have those at my fingertip, but I have to look it up real quick. <laughs> Sounds um, good. <laughs> team production. Um, at this moment, my team, my current team, is sitting at $27.2 million in production. And uh, 90 houses. So nowhere near the numbers I were when I was a mega team, but I don't want that anymore. I, of that 27 million, I am about 15 million of it myself. Um, and, I, and I'm selling, I would say this year, about 60 of those houses. So the bulk of the production is still me. My production is way down from what it was at one time. But also keep in mind, half my time is running the company. And also I don't work weekends or evenings still, hardly ever. Um, so... I don't need to sell 20, 25 million anymore. I'm okay with selling 10 to 15 million is still pretty damn wonderful. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned something really valuable earlier, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring that back up. You said that your old team, you hadn't designed it to, to be a big giant team. It just kind of took off like that. And that what you discovered was that you were the profit center in that team. Everybody else, the team was just covering the team. And then you had to make money by being in production. You couldn't walk away and still have a profit out of it. And a lot of team leaders run into that challenge. It sounds like now you have a team where it is productive and it is profitable all by itself and with you doing some production. Is, is that true? Am I getting the, the correct? That is, exactly, that is exactly right. I'm, even though I run a smaller team, I'm a better businessman now than I was back then. And, uh, and it, yeah, and, and, we're, and we're enjoying what we're doing and we, we're not looking to be, we're not looking to get huge as agents and as, as a team, we're looking to just focus on the quality. We're already doing really, really well. I don't need to get bigger. I don't, I don't want to work more. <laughs> and it sounds great. I, I would be happy with where you're at. So you, you got your team is basically as a team closing about 120 units and you're personally closing half of that or around 60 or so by exactly. the end of the year. Sound about right? That's about right. Yeah. And you're 27 mil. So you'd probably be close to 40 mil by the end of the year. People can then figure out the big picture off of that. It's still a fantastic uh, team. And in addition to that, you're running this brokerage now or being part of the brokerage team that's running this brokerage. And uh, tell us now about your roles more. Let's delve into that a little more about your role on the brokerage side and what you're doing. 
See, that's the other reason I'm so happy where I'm at, because I get to wear both hats and I'm really excited about it. So within the brokerage, um, I focus a lot of my attention on re- attention on retention. Um, I, I'm proud to tell you that 280, 85 agents and staff, we have very, very little uh, turnaround of agents. Um, if I could put a number on it, which I haven't done, I would say it's 99%. We've had just a tiny handful of agents leave, and even a few of those came back. Also, as we all know, 87% of the agents that get in the business get out within the first four to five years. We've turned that around as well, and, um, and ours is totally flipped. Only a few have gotten out. The reason that is, is just because we just show our agents the love. You know, we, we call them on a regular basis. We, 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 we're there for them on a regular basis. If an agent has a problem, they call Tom, they call Leslie, they call me, they call our company coach. There's always somebody you can call. Um, also, we've, we've created an atmosphere within our brokerage that it's all, uh, we're all here for the same reason. We're kind, competent, positive people, and we want to help each other out. So our training program is all, it's called Agents Teaching Agents. So it's almost master class, if you will. And it's, it's every Thursday at noon. And it's one of our rock star agents gets in front of everybody and um, tells some, describes there's something they're really, really good at. And it's at the beginning of this company, it was a really good idea, but it's become the backbone of the company. Everything about it is helping each other out because we really are kind of a community. So I focus a lot of my time and energy on retention calling the agents, taking the agents out to lunch. Just today, I took a, a, two agents out to breakfast for, and then I did some real estate stuff and then I took two agents out to lunch. So, you know, and that's just, that's what we're doing is just always loving on that. The other thing is, you know, when agents come to us with problems or issues, we remember it, we make notes, we call them back to say, how did that turn out? You know, agents leave brokerages mostly because they don't feel like the, the, the brokers care. And so we really truly are doing our best. Also, we're invitation only. So we've grown to be very large very quickly in spite of ourselves. We still turn people away on a regular basis because we can't. We do not want to get much bigger. Um, we, we grew even faster than we, like I was with the team, we just attracted people and we grew. As a brokerage, we've grown so fast. And um, what happened is early on in the brokerage, we had an agent come to us that is in our market that had a very, a very high producing successful agent. But the kind of agent that nobody liked, you know, a little bit toxic. And that person begged to join our brokerage. And we had meetings and we were like, no, we're not, I mean, we're, we're not that desperate. You know, we're not that desperate. And that person, we, so we turned them, turned them away. They went back and started telling people that, oh my God, did you believe them? They, they said they, they wouldn't take me. And it was awesome because <laughs> they went out in the world. They told everybody that we're in invitation only. And then before you knew it, people came to us saying, I hear that that person didn't get in. <laughs> Maybe you take me. So now what has that, what invitation only has morphed into is it's not really invitation only. We don't really recruit. It's just that agents come to us and we, and we see whether or not we think they're a fit. We have no minimum productions. I know I'm talking about our brokerage, but this is, this is, I'm very proud of it. And then this leads into what my role is. We have no minimum productions. Our own, our, our style is just that you have to be a kind, competent, positive person. You're not going to screw people over um, uh, and that you're in it for the right reasons. We're not a discount broker. Um, we're going to give impeccable service and that's it. So because of that, we've become extremely attractive. Um, there was a time 
early on, another brief story when we were new, that we had a block of about 40 realtors that wanted to come over from another brokerage. They were really mad at what the, uh, the other brokerage had done something to irritate this whole group of people. So they came to us and they had meetings with us and, and, and it would have been substantial. I mean, they would have doubled us and they would have, um, I think, doubled us in almost every way. But we passed because they were not in it for the right reasons. They were, they were literally just wanting to flip off, or sorry, not literally, metaphorically flip off their previous broker and say, here, we're sticking it to you. And also, the only questions they had were not, why are you growing so fast? Or, or what, what is it about your community? What is it about your culture? Why, what is it you're doing? They just wanted to know what's your commission split? And what services are you going to give us? And it was just, it just wasn't who we were. We were really wanting people to come here because now we happen to be one of the most affordable in town, but that is not our value proposition. We are not trying to get people because we're, because we're, because we're cheaper. We want to get people because they're quality people and they're going to give great service. So there were several other reasons, but it was, again, it wasn't a hard decision to pass on those people. And I'm glad we did because we still grew way farther without them. And by the way, they broke up, went to different brokerages and many of them, we, as we all realized, we didn't want them in our brokerage anyway. Um, we can't weed out every bad seed, but we could try. Um, and so we want to do our best to not have any of those with us. So Anyway, where did I go from that? So um, we are an invitation-only brokerage, and, and, and it's been fun to just kind of help lead that. Oh, the other things, when we started off, um, we had no new agents because as soon as we opened, we were already kind of high-producing, all high-producing, high-quality agents. We had a new agent join us, and we failed her very quickly. We didn't have any of the training that we in place. So, so we said no more new agents until we get our act together. We hired a coach, we hired a trainer, we hired, we created a mentor program. Um, so that now absolutely every new agent that comes in our company is required to be with a, with a one-on-one mentor or on a team. And they have a list of things they have to do. And, and, and it, it's not, it's more about um, making sure that they don't get left behind. It's very easy for a new agent to get in this business. And then before they know it, they're, uh, everybody else. You and I both know, a lot of people know that real estate is the number one second career. People love to get into real estate and they almost always are doing it later in life, or at least it wasn't their first career. So when people get into real estate, it's very easy for brokers or other agents to think, oh, you're got it. You're an independent contractor. You're a business professional. You know what you're doing. And they get so discouraged and they get lost very, very, very fast. It's very lonely to be a new agent. So when we have a new agent with our company now, we put our arms around them. We put them through classes. We put them through, we put them through the Buffini 100 Days to Greatness class. We connect them with a mentor. And we don't just say, there you go. The mentor and them have to check, off, check back and make sure everything is going well. It's just much more intense. Now, again, we don't require they sell anything particularly. We just require that they are participative and that they're here for the right reason. So I kind of oversee that kind of stuff. So well, you threw a lot out at us. I, I want to start kind of towards the end there, you mentioned new agents. You now are bringing them in after you set up a program for them. Uh, have you been able to track the success rate of your new agents and what is it? Oh, that's a good question. No, I, I, I could, but I haven't. Um, I will just say that the only thing I've tracked is whether or not they're engaged. 
and um, the engagement is at like 90%. So we have very, very, very few agents here that just hang their license and don't really sell anything or just doing it for fun. There's nothing wrong with any of those. It's just that we're not the kind of brokerage we want people to just hang their license here. We want them to be engaged. We want them to be involved. We want them to come to meetings. We want them to come to classes. We want them to teach each other. And really, if they're here, they're here. And so because of that, um, our new agents retention is through the roof at about 90%. And, um, and the quality of, uh, of the new agents is through the roof. So, and also we don't accept every new agent. We have to make sure that it's a fit. And, and, and that, that can be hard because sometimes they have a full-time job. And I don't want to tell you that you can't work here if you have a full-time job. We all know it's easier if you ha- it, to get started in real estate if you don't have a job. But we also know that you got to pay the bills. So it's more a matter of where they are in, in, in their place, in their world. Do they think they're going to be able to commit to classes? Do they think they're going to be able to commit to a mentor? It's more a matter of their level of commitment than what, they, what else they've got in their lives. What percentage of your 280 agents are new to the business? They haven't sold real estate when they come meet you. I would say at this point, about 20%. About 20%. So 50, 60 of the folks are there are new. The rest of them are experienced. Uh, I just did a quick mental thing in my head. I could be off, but it looks to me like uh, your average agent is closing 12 transactions a year. Does that sound about right? About right. Mm-hmm. You just took the averages and that's pretty good. You know, the national average is four. So you're three times higher than the national average. And sounds like that's because you have a more experienced group. Um, this is, let's go back to this invitation only concept. I'm sure a lot of people want to know more about that. So are you saying you don't put out any promotions or any invitations to come join your team? You don't do any prospecting or uh, recruiting calls. How's this working? People are wondering, how are you growing without doing those things? Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search Real GTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. It, I'm not saying we haven't. We have, um, there have been times where we, gr- we go through um, maybe like a little sprint of recruiting where we'll create some really great marketing pieces. We, we do some really phenomenal Better Homes and Gardens in marketing gift boxes or whatever we're going to do. Um, and we've done that sporadically throughout the years, but the vast, vast, vast majority of our growth has been letting the agents come to us. And then we interview with them and see if we think it would be a fit. So um, I, and, and also just like we teach our clients to become walking, talking billboards for us, we teach our agents to become walking, talking billboards for us. So when they're out in the world and they see an agent that they think is just should be over here, but really feeling truly feels like they're a fit. We, they tell us, and then we um, call them. And I would say I have one agent I'm supposed to call this week. Here's the thing is if you focus on retention, the recruiting will just happen. And so we just, all of our energy is on retention. All of it's on retention. And then the recruiting just happens. So you mentioned retention that you're constantly talking to your people. Do you have a certain number of times you're trying to touch them throughout the month or throughout the year? Yes. How many times? I make sure that I speak to every one of our agents at least every two months. 
it used to be every 60 month. days. Yeah. Every 60 days. It used to be once a month, but I can't keep up with it now. So and and when you say talk, talk like, to them, what do you mean? Do you, like a personal one-on-one, -on -one, you call them up on the phone, you mentioned lunch, yeah. you mentioned breakfast. How are you, how's that happening in, in reality? Well, I actually have a, a spreadsheet of all of our agents and I, I go through it constantly and I check off the one and I put a date in there, the most recent time I talked to them or, or if I've engaged with them. Um, so um, I see agents face to face in the offices. And if I don't see them in the offices, I pick up the phone and I call them. Uh, I usually call about five to eight agents a day, just calling them for different reasons. Um, and then oftentimes it's if I, I'll, if I don't know who to call at the moment, I'll start off with my new agents. The new agents are easy because calling new agents just to check in with them, making sure everything's going out okay, making sure they their mentor is um, is doing a good job. I'll tell you, new agents especially just love it when somebody at the top calls them um, just to check in with them routinely. Um, so it's just things like that. Um, and then if they're not doing so great, oh, uh, my assistant, she calls the mentors and the mentees on a routine basis, just checking in with them as well. So they're just kind of always feeling the love. And then I'm, like I said, taking people out to at least lunch every single day. Oh, what every is, day I'm taking an agent out to lunch. What does the call sound like when you're calling one of the experienced agents? New agents, as you said, is easy. Are you getting on board? Is everything in line? Do you need any oh, help? What about the experienced people? How's the conversation going? What do you usually? It, I, I always just call and say, "Hey, I'm just checking in, seeing how things are going." But then, and then I usually have or always have something easy to say, like. How's that listing over in Hanscom going? Or how's that going? Or, or how did that ever turn out? I will tell you, and I alluded to this earlier, for any of the brokers that are listening, the best thing you can possibly do is when an agent calls you with a problem, call them the next day and, and follow up with them and just say, how did that go? How did it turn out? They love that. They truly appreciate it. If they, they really feel like you care that you didn't just answer their question and hang up, you call back the next day or two days later to say, how did that turn out? powerful moment. I can emphasize that. So those are the kind of calls I make. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Um, had to, or maybe you haven't, I'm curious in this transition from uh, the team leader to the brokerage leader uh, in the model, have you had to change uh, and have personal growth if so, what areas were you changing and growing in? Oh, yeah. Um, I will say, one, my people skills has really had to uptick um, and how I deal with pro other people's problems. Um, being more tolerant of and inclusive of people that I wouldn't normally be with. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I feel very strongly politically, but when it comes to 285 agents, you got to put all that aside. <laughs> you know, because everybody is in the gambit. So just being able to to keep my uh, my self in check um, and making sure that I I, I trust people. Uh, people are in, be more. Better Homes and Gardens has page. It's our core values: passion, authenticity, inclusion, growth, and excellence. These are core values that we live by. We run our company by. Uh, we love them. Um, what I'm alluding to is the I. I've had to be more inclusive of people that I wouldn't normally have been. Um, the other thing is, is that I've had to back off on how much I sell, not because I'm busy. It's because I'm not competing with any of my agents. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I every time my phone, one of the reasons I'm not a $20, $25 million producer anymore is that my phone rings and people say, hey, I want to list my house. And I'll say, oh, that's great. Are you interviewing realtors? And they'll say yes. And if they say they're, uh, you know, uh, talking to another Better Homes and Gardens agent, I back off. And wow. that, that's a lot of business that I'm losing. Because now that we've grown to be so big, they're all over my market. So, so, and just having to let that go, it's okay. It's okay. I don't. I want them to do well. Wow. There's enough business to go. That is a tough one. That would be really hard for anybody after you, you built this up over your career and those relationships to be able to say no or walk away or not show up uh, because there was another agent in your office going after the same transaction. Um, did you how did you guys make that policy decision early? How did that come about? I mean, why wasn't the decision that you would call the other agent in your company and say, "Hey, I, I say we're both going after the same listing. Good luck to you. Good luck to me. Let's see what happens. See if we can bring it in house." Well, I think one of it is that I, I do have this sense that there's enough business to go around. Um, I think in general and in life, I think there's just enough business to go around, and I don't feel that, and especially in our market, Omaha, Nebraska, Council Bluffs, Iowa, um, that. We're not cutthroat. We actually do try to be kind and 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 kind and kind people. That when you just do the math and the number of transactions are that are out there in our area, the number of realtors that are in our area, I really have a sense that there's enough business to go around. So I don't need to feel threatened by other people. I want to see other people succeed. I have there, and I can't. I can't take it all. There's so much business out there. I couldn't do it all. So when we merged, Tom was a selling agent. He doesn't sell anymore, just a little, little, little. But um, and he was a, a big producing agent. We both just well, when I when I ran the team, I would never compete with an agent, but it just didn't come up. <laughs> so um, when then it came a company, it was just a no brainer that we were going to say we're not going to compete with the agents. We're just not going to do it. Now, if I felt like I were to step aside and that that other agent was going to botch it and the company's going to lose the listing. I might step in and say, let me help you save that. Um, and that's happened once, but I still, and it's happened to Tom several times. We would step in and help them and they still, it's still their sale. They sure. But my role as a broker is to do that, be that for them. I don't. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That, I guess that's a third option that you could team up on the listing, either the old idea of co-broke, uh, a, a co-list uh, or, or just be the, uh, the mentor that's sitting with them at the table uh, to bring your, your, your power to the, the situation to help them secure the listing. I know that's an interesting one. How do you, how do you, let, let's keep down this for just a, se a second longer. If, how do you talk to the seller and say, Hey, I'm going to bow out of this. Uh, I've got Sally or Johnny that are going to come over and meet with you. How do you have that conversation with the seller when oh, the seller easy. contacted you to list their home? That's easy. Just to say, you know what? I, I love to work with you, but I, and I'm I'm one of the broker owners of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, and Sally is a phenomenal agent. I would really, I would, I don't want to compete with her. You're in really good hands. Um, I'm going to say, why don't you interview her? See how that goes. If you have any concerns or questions, let me know. I'm happy to be here as her support. But you're in good hands, Sally. It's not hard. That's not hard. One time, I thought of a story. One time, Tom, we had an agent who went on a listing appointment. And then Tom went on a listing appointment and he, and he, and he didn't realize he was competing. And then he, and then the realtor, the, the seller said, we love you, Tom. We want to go with you. And he come to find out that he had competed against one of his own agents. So he would not have that. So he listed and sold the house, but he gave that agent hundred percent of the commission. Wow. Cause he was like, I'm not going to take money out of one of my agent's pockets. And it's not that hard. 
It's not that hard. That's a story that spreads through the ranks and people realize that you're fighting for them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's this ethos. It's this culture that you're creating uh, in the organization uh, that you've been mentioning online, but this is the proof that you're actually stepping in and doing it. It's not that hard. Do to others as you would want them to do to you. It's really not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Omaha, I, I, I don't know. How big is the market? What kind of market share do you have right now? We're at about 12% of the so market. 12%. Now, you mentioned earlier you, had, you didn't have a desire to grow any bigger, much bigger than you are now. Give us more of that perspective. Where do you see this thing going? Well, even now, we, we've grown so much and it's so fast. And even just in the last two years, we've, real estate has become very attractive uh, since coronavirus. So we're getting calls like crazy. We're very attractive to new agents. Um, and we'll have a conversation with them. But right now, we're turning away more than we're hiring. Um, also, we have to keep our current agents happy because even they say, how much bigger do you want to get? How much bigger do you want to get? You know, and, and, and the truth, you know, we, in our market, there's about 3,000 realtors. And um, so for us to have, say, three, 325, 10% of that market, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We don't really want to be much bigger than that. In our market, we have the, we have the biggest Berkshire Hathaway uh, it's called Berkshire Hathaway Home Ambassador Real Estate. And they have, I think, 1,500 agents. I couldn't do what I'm doing with 1,500 agents. And when Every single realtor in this company and employees' phone number is in my phone. You know, when they come on, the number is going to my phone. I know them. I may not have a personal relationship with them, but I know them. I stay in touch with them. They hear from me. I couldn't do that with 1,500 people. Maybe if I did it full time, but I wouldn't want to either. I can't have a relationship. That many people. So we don't want to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What's the point of that? We are, one of the other things I didn't tell you is that we're boutique. We have six boutique real estate offices around the city, meaning that they're all cute and decorated really well. This is a little recording studio in one of our basements. Um, the, the offices look the part. We want them to be cute. We want the agents to be, uh, feel like they can go to them. They'll be attractive. We encourage agents to have client parties in our offices. Um, and um, I think 10% of the market for agents and 12, maybe 15% of the market share, we'll grow in market share. I'm happy to grow in market share. I'm just not happy to grow much bigger in number of agents. So, When you just mentioned the, the office space and uh, how you're attracting, it, it made me ask the question, what uh, percentage of your group is female versus male? That's a good question. I've never calculated that. I, I but but I will say pro, if I could ballpark it, I would say seventy five percent women. Okay, I was just based on what you were describing. I was picturing kind of, a, and I could be completely wrong, but a Victorian theme in this boutique office, and so it was attracting a certain type of agent. That's what made me think of that question. Yep, is that no. true? Is that is that kind of how you designed it? Or yeah, well, I mean, our company did get started. Here's one of the interesting things. When we rolled out Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate at the Good Life Group, we kicked it off in Midtown in the old part of town, the historic center of the city, where all of our other real estate brokerages are in the suburbs. So our, we, And then they, they do business in Midtown, but they house themselves out west. We started in the city and then grew out. So we, our first office was a Victorian house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
It just started uh, and, there, yeah. Yeah, and then and then my office was in the Blackstone district, which was kind of a, a hip, cool, urban, old, historic business district with restaurants and bars and things. So yeah, we started with that kind of urban, both of them were urban, cool, vintage. Um, and then we merged those two to this office, which is a historic office, actually, um, Warren Buffett's grandfather ran the grocery store next door. And this is a historic <laughs> wow. building as well. Cool. But then one of our offices, and, and you can't see our offices, but they're very, very pretty, very cute, very better homes, very magazine-like. Uh, one of the, the other one is a mid-century building. That was the first one we built. So like to your point, it's not Victorian, but mid-century, sleek, lots of glass, flat roof. And then, and then the other ones are a little bit more generic. Um, although... Our one in Council Bluffs is called our Main Street office, and it is an historic old business building. And then we're building a big one right now in Elkhorn, which is going to be our largest. That, that's actually going to be our sixth. So when I say sixth, we're building six. On so, track for six. Great. Thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, opening up on that. Um, let's talk uh, about the training, uh, the, the training that you're doing. You said you're involved in the training uh, tell us more about what specifically that is for you time-wise and what your objectives are. Well, I'm involved, but I don't run it. Um, Carol Sousa is our, she was our first hire and she, uh, is a, a licensed business and life coach. And so our coaching services are free to anybody within our company that would like to use her. Um, she also runs our, our training and our education. So the primary uh, training, the ongoing education is agents teaching agents, which is Thursdays at noon. It's uh, today. It was one of our agents that talked about how to have a safe open house. She's a rock star agent. She does a great job. Um, she also, you know, deals with modern safety. You know, we, we had a realtor in our market got murdered uh, about six months ago. Um, and so safety is, is, is serious while showing up. And uh, it, safety is really big for us right now. So um, anyway, so every Thursday at noon, somebody within our brokerage, usually, sometimes we get outside speakers, um, does this really good talk about something they're really good at. That's our primary ongoing training. Sometimes it's only an hour. Sometimes it's continuing ed. Sometimes it's not. Then on Wednesdays, we have another class called Agents Mentoring Agents. It's the more rudimentary stuff, the how to write a purchase agreement, how to write a listing agreement, how to, how to, how to have an op a regular open house, um, how to market, how to geographic market. So those are really basic classes, and, they're, and we call it Agents Mentoring Agents because it's new agents, and then it's mentors, which are our current agents that are teaching the class as well. Then beyond that, we do Buffini training. So we, uh, we put every new agent through 100 Days to Greatness. Uh, it's required. And because we require it, we pay for it. Because um, we totally have the model. We totally normally agree that somebody should have skin in the game and they should pay for this themselves. However, we just said across the board, all new agents need to take this class. So we pay for it. And again, that's part of, um, it, it, it's, it's part of just a value when we recruit a new agent. Um, but that's pretty much it for our training. The other thing we do do, and I, I'll just give me a, like two minutes to say this because I'm very excited about it, is once a year we have a big event we call PAGE. Now, PAGE is our core values we talked about. Um, this is a big event we put on in the fall. Uh, we just did our fourth one this year. So this one, we called it PAGE 4. And it's a big event. It's a two-day event we, um, and where we have continuing ed. We bring in outside speakers. Uh, we do some fundraising for our our. our charitable partners in the area. We have a couple of cocktail parties. It's two days of lots of fun. 
But part of that is we do a really high-end venue, like a really nice hotel or a really nice ballroom or a really nice museum. We always have phenomenal food, open bar. It's just awesome. And then we make sure that those speakers that are speaking on day two are just spot on. So usually we've, we've mixed it up a lot, but the first year we hired Joe Nego. He's a trainer out of Chicago. Uh, so we kicked it off right to have a really good speaker. And, um, and the next year we had another speaker. We had lots of really good speakers. Um, but the second year we did it, we had five different speakers, one of them talking about each one of our core values, passion, authenticity, inclusion, growth, and excellence. And they were extraordinary. We, we have a really nice theater, a historic theater that we rent. And uh, so it's like in a, on a stage, very well done. Um, and then uh, two years ago, our theme was just passion. So we, the whole event was just talking about passion and what is your passion. So we had all these speakers, we had a keynote speaker, all about diving into passion. And we're going through the letters. This year was authenticity. Um, and it was, it was extraordinary. It was what makes you authentic? And how do you live an authentic life? How do you, how do you have a, a, a good real estate business while still maintaining your yourself and living authentic life. It, it was extraordinary. Michael Lennington, which was, he's the co-author of the 12 week year. He was our keynote speaker. However, sidebar COVID kicked in, we had to cancel half the whole thing. And so now we're going to be doing a lot of it via training over the next few months to, to, so that we still get the content. But anyway, so page is a big deal for us and it's a, and it's continuing yet. It's a two day event. And because it's become so big, uh, this year we had 49 people come from outside of our market to come to our event. So wow. that's, that's awesome. And that's a, that's an agent centric event event. That's an event for the agents. Uh, you do a lot of referral based business and have historically question uh, as a company, as a brokerage, are you putting on a for your agents to invite their clients for client appreciation events? So that's a good point. So we hadn't really talked about that. So when we became Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, the Good Life Group, we really pushed that relationship marketing hard. And what that meant and, and working by relationship. And, and so that's the reason you hear me talk a lot about just being a good person, just taking care of people and the business will come. That's kind of our motto as the whole brokerage goes. So we as a whole brokerage, yes, we have a relocation apartment. We have people that do tons of geographic, geographic farming. We have agents that kill it online to buy leads. I'm not poo-pooing any of that. But as a whole, the brokerage theme is relationship marketing and that if you just take care of them, they will refer. Okay, now what was your question? Because I, I wanted to- yeah, So are that. you doing, a, is oh. the company putting on events for so, the agents to invite their clients, past clients, sphere of influence and to create those relationships? A little bit. So when, we were new, when we were new, we did. We had a couple of events. We rented the zoo. We did all these things. As we grew and got bigger and bigger, we, we couldn't do that anymore. But what we do is we created all of our offices, have really great spaces, really large open spaces, and we encourage agents to have client events in our offices. Um, it's free. It's easy. Use our offices. Um, even the new office we're building is going to have an amazing party room with a bar. You know, it's, we want people to use our offices. But what we do now is um, because to help encourage uh, routine um, referral-based business is on a monthly basis, we do a company-wide pop-by gift. So that would be ice cream scooper, you know, uh, 
ketchup, mustard, and relish package, whatever it is. And um, we have a person on staff that once a month, she sends out an email that tells everybody what next month's pot buy is going to be. And then we will put it together for you at cost or maybe even subsidized. And then we even tell, and we, we put the tag on it, whatever that cute little tag is. Um, and then if they give you a, give us their business cards, we'll put those on them as well. So we completely get the Popeyes ready for them every month. Yeah, we have a lot of agents that don't do it. We have a lot of agents that eat it up and do use it every single month. Um, we as a brokerage create newsletters and things like that for the agents that want to use it. But then we do things for the company such as... Um, like the reverse pie party at Thanksgiving that so many people do. Uh, we as a company oversee that for the whole company. So we will have a big, uh, we, we throw the parties in every office. We buy the drinks, we, we decorate, um, we create the tags. The only thing you need to do is invite your clients and get your pies. But we will get everything else ready. Um, uh, and then we do things like that throughout the year. Like we do shredding events for our agents, for their clients. Um, uh, yeah, there's things like that. So. Perfect. Yeah, this this gives agents uh, a reason to contact their base, their PCSOI, past clients of sphere of influence, and mm -hmm. get them into these events. That's so a great idea. I was curious if you'd extended that and something you have extended from the past into the future. Um, we've talked a lot today uh, about the business uh, metrics. Do you track any particular metrics? Like earlier, I asked about sales per agent, average sales per agent. Are you as a brokerage tracking metrics and which ones are you tracking? See, you're hitting on my role. Yes, we track it, but I don't know those numbers and I don't care. <laughs> Tom does it. Tom, Tom is brilliant. He is a numbers geek um, and his numbers are phenomenal. So I can, what I can tell you is our, our average agent is far higher production than any other agent in, in the city. I think the last time I heard, I think it was something like 3.5 million per agent on average, which is pretty high for a large brokerage. Now, granted, the vast majority of our agents do much better than that. Um, um, but no, I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. My, I'm not a numbers guy. That's you're, why you're doing the, the people side, the, the, the glad handing, the make sure everybody's moving smoothly through the process, make sure they feel good uh, yeah. and they have a, a personal connection. Um, and that's extremely valuable. And it sounds like it's a good marriage between you and Tom and Leslie to make yes. that happen. Uh, let's go to something else. Uh, you, again, you brought up earlier between your old idea of a team and now this new idea of this brokerage. Uh, and that is the brokerage. Is the brokerage profitable? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing really well. Yeah. And, and for most of us, we have no idea what a brokerage should be netting out. Could you give us any kind of perspective uh, on what kind of percentage margins does a brokerage try to achieve? Unfortunately, I can't. I, I, I do have some of those numbers in my head, but not enough that I could even try to repeat them. But I'll say, I'll say this. We, we, um, we've invested. We're investing everything back into the company. So I'm not taking a salary. Tom's not taking a salary at this moment. We are working our butts off. Now, Leslie does because she does it full time. And, and, and Tom has other resources. Um, we are buying our real estate. We're owning, owning all of our offices free and clear. We are putting everything back into the company. We've hired staff. Every time there's a need, we hire a position. And Leslie has been brilliant on making sure those position, those people uh, can wear multiple hats. And uh, at this moment, we're just reinvesting back in the company. The other thing is that we did open a title company. And the title company is called Green Title and Escrow. We did partner with a local title company because that was the best deal, but, but um, best way to do it. 
our title company has grown to the point where it's much more independent, although we still partner with the other company as our back end. Um, but we don't require, of course, just like nobody, we, we never require that the agents use the title company, but we're very transparent to them that the, the more you use it, the more that money goes right back in the brokerage. And it does. So right now we're just doing really well with paying off debt. And, uh, you know, the real estate market will change. Yeah, it will. <laughs> sure, that's a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing you can guarantee. It may be a while, and hopefully it is, but it will change. And so we're putting ourselves in a really good position. Very good. So affiliated businesses, you have a title company that you, you put together, you're putting out an ABA when you, you do yep. work with either side. So the agent has to understand that. Um, uh, any other business that you have uh, either in place or in the works? The only other quasi-affiliated one we have is, t- is mortgage. Uh, we, we do not want to have our own mortgage company. So we do have an affiliation with a mortgage, uh, a, a local lender. Uh, they're right here in the Dundee area. It's called Dundee Bank. And um, they, um, they support us greatly as well. Um, but um, we don't want anything more formal than that. We like to keep the distance. How about the big picture between, for you personally between now and six years ago? And what the, the question on that is, um, was it worth it to make this move? So did, are you bringing home more money? Are you, uh, do you have a higher net worth? Uh, do you have more uh, assets or longevity or a legacy? You know, what, what about these bigger picture items for you personally in this transition, if you had to look back then and compare it to today? Well, again, I, I never even knew it was going to happen. It just kind of fell in my lap. Um, I met the right people at the right time, and we we all benefited from each other. I would not be in, in this point in my life had I not met Tom and Leslie. Uh, they're brilliant. Um, my quality of life is so much better. I am working a lot less. I'm managing more things that I enjoy instead of when you all a lot of these money questions you would have asked me when I was running the team, I could have just because I, I was doing that money and that finances and, 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 and it was my life. I never I didn't want that. I don't I'm not a numbers person. I am much more calm right now. I'm much my business is is just as good as it ever was. I am even though I'm producing less, I'm bringing in more money because of structures and how things are working. And like you said, I'm in a better financial position than I've ever been. Six years ago, I was heavily in debt. I was heavily stressed out. Now I'm completely debt-free. Um, I don't work. I only work as hard as I want to work. And, uh, and, and yeah, I have a lot tied up in this company. Um, it's, it's my retirement. <laughs> right now, right. sales are my money and the, the company is my retirement. <laughs> Long-term uh, objectives. Uh, for the brokerage, is there an objective down the line to sell the brokerage? Is there an objective down the line to go into another state? Uh, you know, what's the the long five, 10 year pers- pers- idea or concept for the brokerage? None of the above. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, someday we'd have to sell the brokerage, but nowhere. In, we're not even discussing that at this point. Um, uh, also, Leslie is most likely going to be the one that will be eventually the, the primary broker. Um, because she's younger than us. Um, she already runs it. She knows everything. Um, and so we're, we're not going anywhere. We've dipped our toes into other markets a little bit, like, like Council Bluffs, which is on the other side of the river, uh, which actually is about 10% of our production. Um, and then uh, Lincoln, which is about an hour away. We have several agents that, that commute there, but we're not really looking to have another office there. We don't really think we want to grow outside of our market until we've perfected what we're doing here. 
And we still have so many things we can do to continue to fine tune our systems and fine tune our people. Um, we're not looking to take over the country. <laughs> so, That's great. We're just looking to increase the quality and production of our current agents. Excellent. You know exactly where you are and what you want to do. Uh, if you were, uh, if there was an agent listening to us and they are in the position that you were in, and they were, they're not a lot, but there are certainly people that are. They're running a team. They're having success. They've uh, had this idea bouncing around in their mind about going the brokerage route. In fact, I, I talked to someone the other day doing this. Uh, they're thinking about going that route. Uh, should I stay as a team or should I go into the brokerage arena? What advice would you give them? Well, I mean, it's hard for me to really know what to say because my situation is so much different than everybody else's. But I, I feel like wanting to become a brokerage made complete sense. I could not have done it by myself, period. Not only did I not have the brain, I, I just, I, it wasn't, I, I could not have done this without other people. Um, and so I guess my real big advice would be make sure that whoever you're partnering with, if you are partnering with somebody, is somebody you can really trust, somebody that you really like, somebody that you know that you're on the same place and on the same purpose or mission. And if you, and if you don't want to partner, if you just want to do it on your own, I still feel like you need to find somebody that can help you do it. To, it it's a big step. It's very lonely. When I went to join Tom and Leslie, I, I asked my coaches. I asked. I, I made lots of phone calls, and um, there were very few people I could find that had had been in a situation like I was in. And um, anyway, so it, it was just kind of a lonely place to be. But I would say, do it. To be honest. Unless there's any, unless there's any uh, great reason as to why you shouldn't do it, I would say do it. I loved becoming a brokerage. It's, it opened up what we were doing. It opened up our mission and our theme and our, our style. And, uh, and, and it showed we were growing so fast as a team. I could tell that we were very attractive as a team, that we would be very attractive as a company. And we were. So uh, This is fantastic. Well, Tim, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? <laughs> and thought about that either. Um, you know, I really can't think of anything. I, I will say if you, I guess all I can say is if you follow your heart and, and, and your heart is in the right place um, with your clients, with your agents, with your team, um, everything will fall into place. And, and, and when you help other people get what they want and what they need, it comes back to you. And that's, that's what happened when I ran a team. That's what's happening with our run a brokerage and just, the more I help other people, the more they help me. So, yeah, so I would say, I would say do it. <laughs> That's great. So. Well, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been fun. Uh, thank you, Tim. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for joining us on Success Calls. Keep moving forward. Bye. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. 
Learn more at freeleadtime.com. That's freeleadtime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.